and welcome to another episode of Overdrinkers, the Story Screen Presents podcast, where I, we, your host, Mike Burge, talk about a movie or movies with a friend or friends over some drinks. Today, I'm joined by Scotty Arnold. I love you, Mike. That Pazuzu needs a little work, but I love you. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just like jumped right into yeah. it. I'll work on it. I swear. I swear. And uh, we're going to talk about The Exorcist today, uh, as you all probably already know uh, from clicking on this episode. Uh, we're going to talk about the 1973 William Freakin uh Masterpiece? Masterpiece. The Exorcist, mainly. Uh, we're going to kind of touch on the sequels all throughout. We'll try and keep those things uh, less spoilery because I know, especially with Exorcist 3, people that haven't seen Exorcist 3, which is an amazing movie, some people just might not want to know exactly how fucking crazy that movie is. It's me. Hi. It's you. Yeah, I'm the hi. problem. It's me. Yeah, I know there's a great jump scare in it, and I haven't seen it yet, so don't tell me. It's amazing. Uh, it is uh, one of the most fantastic movies in the world. Uh, and we're also going to touch on, uh, or discuss, rather, um, The Exorcist, colon, Believer, the new David Gordon Green uh, movie that just came out a couple days ago at the time of this recording. Uh, but we're going to save that towards the end we'll give you guys like a little bit of like a spoiler warning uh before we do that but mainly we're here to just talk about you know the devil and uh you know little girls and um ellen bernstein and i call her uh, burston but call her whatever you want i guess did i say bernstein yeah bernstein burston burston yeah you haven't and, even and, been drinking uh, yet have you uh, <laughs> gets guess what <laughs> Literally just came out of a screening of The Exorcist Believer and uh, had to have myself a little something right before the start of this. So, uh, as always on Overdrinkers, we are partaking of a themed beverage. And what better themed beverage than uh, red wine for The Exorcist? And how do you how do you make wine um, communal? Like, how do you... well? There doesn't seem I, I I researched this because I really felt like we should be having altar or communion wine and uh, which sounded like a terrible idea because <laughs> it's probably very hard to find does not taste good and probably gets you the worst kind of drunk which is just like a headache yeah but we're here you know I don't know L- luckily for you and me um, it's Sunday and all the Christian supply stores are closed today so we Beautiful. couldn't get our hands on anything official the thing uh, is a Sunday as you know from the exorcist the thing that really makes it communion wine is that it's been blessed um, I guess they talk about that with holy water but not with wine um, mm-hmm. uh, I, let's bless our wine right now then let's bless our wine I have chosen um, a bottle of Diablo dark red uh, alright good for you it feels right it was aged for six months six weeks and six days Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, for my red wine, I picked uh, choosing a Cabernet Sauvignon uh, from both the devil of Hollywood 
in the year of the devil 2020 uh francis ford coppola's mm. diamond collection mm. um so i have that here so i'll do a little cross action on it i'll do it uh three times mm -hmm. for the holy trinity mm -hmm. and i think we got it uh so uh cheers to you cheers cheers mm. oh it's very good Good. So, um, Scotty. Yeah. How have you been? <laughs> I've been pretty well, Mike. How have you been? I've been really good. Yeah. Uh, doing a lot of pop-up events. Yeah. Happy uh, October. For Story Screen. Yeah. Dude, loads. Oh, my Horror goodness. Horror show. Horror shows. Uh, we actually just launched, um, what's today? Sunday. So, like, a few days ago, me and Diana did our first video showdown. Hey. Uh, story screen trivia night which was like a trivia night that we designed that was all like a video audio based you know so like not just asking questions but like showing clips from movies yeah. or like clips from trailers and stuff like that went down great yeah. it was amazing we had a blast what was the uh, can you can you give us i mean this is all past now so can you give us an example of maybe the easiest question and the hardest question uh easy hard you know these are all uh, favorite your favorite words question? that everybody else uses except for me. Uh, I will say uh, one of the funnest categories that we did was um, we used. Uh, you're familiar with um, Hal Douglas, yes, who's you know in a world, yeah, right, in trailers and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, we picked a bunch of trailers that have Hal Douglas like uh, kind of introductions and. Um, voiceovers and played those for about 15 seconds you gotta guess the movie it was great. a lot of fun great that's yeah. a lot of fun it was good we did like con air meet the parents did you know that hal douglas did the voiceover for the trailer for the holiday no <laughs> it's amazing what does he talk about he's just like irene and amanda are in <laughs> the same spot just six thousand miles away that's fantastic yeah, my Hal Douglas is even worse than my. Uh, or maybe it's devil. the same, actually. <laughs> or maybe it's the same. Or, yeah, I mean, we could we could say be like, "Hello and welcome to another episode of Overdrinkers." Your mother sucks dick in hell. <laughs> I have it's. I believe it's Cox, but chicks Cox. <laughs> chicks Cox. <laughs> You sent me a text that said Chicks Cox. And I, I was did. like, I know. wait, is that going to be in the movie that I'm about to watch when I watch the new one? I, I kept You're my not ears allowed to talk about healed that. for Chicks Cox. We're not allowed and, to talk about uh, that. And it may or may not have been in the movie, but uh, I was waiting for it. Um, uh, Mike, what was the first time that you saw The Exorcist? 1973. Uh, well, it wouldn't have been in 1973 because I was born in 1986. Uh-huh. The Exorcist is one of those movies where it's like you grow up as uh, uh, people of our age mm -hmm. do. And you're like, oh, the you just keep hearing, oh, The Exorcist is like the scariest movie ever made. Right. It was the scariest that. movie in the world. Yeah. In 1973. People fainting. People throwing up. Oh, uh, and like the the church was mad about it. Oh yeah. goodness! Oh no! What do we? Whatever shall we do? The Based church is story. upset. Yeah, yeah. The church, uh, notoriously an institution that very rarely gets upset about anything. Mm -mm. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. It's pretty, pretty responsible. 
Yeah, like they kind of like stick to themselves and like don't really care too much about like what else is happening out in the world. Between like between child sexual abuse and movies coming out, I think they're definitely getting upset about the correct things. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Uh, I would say that I probably watched The Exorcist like most people my age, probably when I was like eight, nine, ten years old, finally grabbed like a VHS copy and like just watched it or like caught it on like a HBO, like in the beginning of like that kind of like heyday in like the mid nineties. Yeah. And was just like, it's not that scary. Uh, to appreciate (laughs) why it's good. It's kind of funny. Like, you know, when I, probably when I watched it, when I was eight years old, I was most likely like, this movie's not scary. It's stupid. And so whenever I, bump into somebody that thinks the exorcist is not scary and is just stupid and they're a full grown adult. And I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. You have like the same opinion as I did when I was eight years old. (laughs) Crazy. That's nuts. It must be like a connective tissue there somewhere. It's, I I don't know. I don't know. And Uh, no, the exorcist, uh, absolutely fucks. Uh, it's an amazing movie. What's, and, Uh, and when did you figure that out? more I started watching movies probably like around like 14 15 16 years old like when I was like really watching a lot of older movies and kind of starting to appreciate movies from the 50s 60s 70s and kind of understanding it's like well not every movie needs to look like back to the future or speed sure you know it's like kind of understanding where it's like oh there's the way they made movies 20 years ago was very different and it's it's kind of humbling that back in 1973, I always look I always think about like a, the timeline of movies coming out like to the massive audiences on like before Jaws 1975 and Star Wars 1977 and after mm-hmm. where it was like those movies were said to have like they changed how people reacted to movies how they talked about movies and also how studios decided to make movies Mm. so the fact that this one just comes out just on the other side of that in 1973 where they're just like it's the scariest thing anybody has ever seen people are dying in theaters and then you watch it now you know which we're you know we're, we're we're 50 years away from it it's and just yet we're like, right back there in the movie theater right now. Here we are. <laughs> Who would have guessed that they would choose this year of all years to reboot or requel or whatever? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great movie. Uh, what, what, what's what's your what's your experience? My first time seeing The Exorcist in full was going to see the version you've never seen in movie theaters Ooh. in two thousand. The spider walk scene. Yeah. Um, and so in I didn't like, world. I, I may be like, I, I don't even remember if I had seen much of it before that. And so I didn't actually know what was different about it, about the, the, the recut version, but um, it's like not a lot. Um, and I was like, this is, uh, this is some good stuff. This is some good stuff. And I, uh, it's not one, it's not like a go-to for me. Like it's not, it's, it's, it's uh, like not a go-to horror movie for you. Yeah, because it's not a fun watch. 
No, no, it's not. It's actually kind of like super depressing and scary. Right. Like there it's are like horror scary movies that are like fun not watches. an entertaining way. You know who makes a lot of good uh, uh, horror movies that are fun watches? Uh, David Gordon Green? Blumhouse. Yeah, right. Oh, okay. Great. <laughs> um, and The Original Exorcist is not that um, in, a, in a really great way. Um, but uh, so, so I haven't like I... I've I've seen it a couple times since then, but I've seen it I, I've seen it three or four times maybe since then, and I've seen it this season probably two or three times uh, in preparation for this for this episode. Wait, you watched The Exorcist two or three times? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how, so you said the uh, the first time that you saw it, you saw the um, the extended, I guess they call the like the uh, yeah. Well, so there's there's the the theatrical, the directors, and then there's like the what's it called? Like the cut you were never the supposed to see, you've never seen. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the version you've never seen cut is kind of trash. I think in 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 my memory of it, because it, it pretty much just like includes the spider walk scene, which does not need to be in the movie. It's really cool and fun. They sure. almost killed Linda Blair doing it. Fine. Um, the the version that I watched. Uh, for the recap on this and the article that I'm writing about the Exorcist franchise at the end of the month, it was on VHS and it was the 25th anniversary director's cut. Okay. And I think that that's the best cut. Is that because it's the one you watched? No, I think it's <laughs> it's the one that adds like an extra 15 minutes of quiet. <laughs> <laughs> There's really no extra like scary shit added in. They're just like, wouldn't it be funny if we just like really dug in on the fact that this this priest likes to box? <laughs> and what if we dug into like more with his mom being alive before she dies? Like that's like kind of where a lot of the extra 30 seconds here, 30 seconds uh -huh. there kind of lies. Uh -huh. And then there's also a lot of breathing room before, like, the final 30 minutes. Like, one of the funnest things about The Exorcist is that all of the stuff that everybody thinks about when they think The Exorcist, when they think of, like, oh, The Exorcist, they think of, like, the bedroom and the priest and stuff like that. All of that happens in, like, the last... 30 minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Everything else, like, there's, like, speckles all throughout of, like, you know... You're going to die up there. Piss. You know, stuff like that is sure. like it's kind of speckled all throughout. Speckled. Good good word for that. <laughs> um, but that's the thing that makes the movie, I think, so scary, especially in like the minds of like people in 1973 who are like going into a horror movie. And there is a tenacity to this movie that is extremely mean and very disturbing that still works today. Like I'm watching the movie and I'm watching it last night, super late. I get home uh, after an event and I'm like, time to pop in the old VHS. I, I am given this amazing 40 minute documentary <laughs> that was a part of the 25th anniversary before the movie, which I thought was just before? that shit, but before 
It was before the movie. Nineteen ninety eight, baby. Man. It's fucking nuts. Uh, so I watched that thinking I was like, well, I'll be up for two hours watching The Exorcist. And I was up for three hours because I had to watch this 40 minute thing and then take a break. <laughs> we'll talk about that, Doc, uh, once we start kind of talking about like the making of the movie. Yeah. But like I sat down to watch it and um, I was just like kind of readying myself. I was like, well, I remember like the first hour of the movie is kind of slow. Like, you know, it's not slow in the sense of like it's unentertaining, but like not a whole lot happens. All the all the meats, all the stuff that you think about happens like in the second half, if not even beyond that. And what did you find? Well, you know what? I I realized that uh, I was watching this movie until about three o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. And whenever I watch TV... In my home that I live in right now, that I have lived in for close to seven years, Mm -hmm. every single night, I'm talking every goddamn night, when I watch TV late at night downstairs, one of my three cats comes down and hangs Uh without fail. Sure. Last night, yep, couldn't even find them. Yep. Didn't know where they were. They know what's up. This movie is powerful like in that weird way where it's like i don't want to i don't want to try and say like oh the movie's cursed or something like that but there is like that there is an energy to the movie when you start watching it i was watching it last night and you get like 20 minutes in and you're like oh yeah ellen Burstyn fucking kicks ass in this oh it's amazing that's right she's just like a normal rich person (laughs) just a normal rich person that has Access to whatever she possibly wants uh-huh. and has servants and maids <laughs> that she yells at, but is kind of nice to like, got a decent relationship. And also is a single mother who is providing for herself. That's yeah. A, her husband pretty wild in thing Italy in or Europe, depending on which scene you watch. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Italy's he's in like, Europe. <laughs> well, well, he's in Italy is in Europe, but she says Italy in one scene and Europe in another. And it's the same person. And I'm like, well, did they forget <laughs> what country it was? Um, but no, it is it, it it is in the the slow simmer. The movie is a boiling pot. Mm. And when you press play and that logo comes up like right away. It's the exorcist. And then it shows us uh, old man Max von Sydow, even though he's actually only, I think, 42 (laughs) when they shot this, but they make him look 70. They do. And they do it well. I got very confused for a second. I was like, wait, Max von Sydow just died a few years ago. Like, how fucking old is he in this? And I was like, wait, that's fucking makeup. Yeah. Yeah. I can even notice on VHS, man. Like 360 pixelization, I could figure it out. I'm watching on the Blu-ray, and I'm like, this is convincing to me. (laughs) He looks good. I mean, he carries himself like an old man. Yeah. He's He's just like, ugh. 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 Like that, right? Right, Right. exactly. What's what's your old man impression? (laughs) 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 (laughs)
Dick Van Dyke doing the president of the bank in Rob in uh, Mary Poppins, I think. <laughs> Very close. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, we we what a weird opening for a movie to have. Especially like if you go in knowing the iconic things about this movie and then you start watching it and you're in Iraq, you're like, have I put the mm-hmm. right thing on? In 1973. Yeah. A time when Iraq was like, dare I say it, kind of fun? Exotic? You dared say it. (laughs) You know, everyone's like, ooh, Iraq. I've heard of that. (laughs) What Um, do they do over there? (laughs) and 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 it's quiet, but it's loud. I mean, the way this movie uses sound uh, is That's the whole thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And they're just like, well, we don't have the money or the, the the technology to be able to create super scary things. So we're just going to open a drawer. Well, I'm gonna, look, I'm, I'm going to back. Oh, we'll get that. that okay. All right, all right. We'll, we'll go back. We'll go back. <laughs> it is insane that the right. first like that's got to be the first 10 minutes easy of the movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just like in Iraq. Yeah. With this guy. Which is this he's old just guy like, digging up He's just things. like finding things. He's like, what the fuck is this? What the fuck is that? Right. What the fuck is this? What the fuck just happened over there? And then just like facing off with a very lewd statue. I mean, the statue is like throwing him shade. Yeah, there. Literally. <laughs> the sun is kind of beaming right on it. And it's like. Right, right. You know, casting a shadow on him. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, and, and, and you like. I don't think the movie could have been designed this way because they didn't know that they were going to be as iconic as they were. But if you go in expecting Reagan and makeup, then like you're in Iraq and then suddenly it's like, okay, well now the movie's going to start. And then we're like on a film set. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and it's like, wh- 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 where are you taking me? F- Billy Friedkin. And, and, and I his, love it. Obviously his character is, the titular exorcist like the exorcist that's it the movie's not called the exorcism uh-huh it's called the exorcist and his character shows up in the first 10 minutes uh barely has any lines finds something in the sand people are yelling at him he gets shade thrown at him by a uh, big little devil statue and then he's gone for uh the next hour and a half of the movie hour yeah I, dude, like he shows up like there's only when he shows up, there's only like 25 minutes left of the movie and the movie's two little, hours long. It's a little more than an hour, but I did clock it. Okay. I trust you on that. Then. I was watching it last night. I was watching a little time code on my VCR and I'm like, there is only like 25 minutes left of this movie. And he just showed up with the little bells. It's a little it's a little over halfway when we get to see him walking around uh, Woodstock. Oh, right, because they contact him, yeah, right. but like then he eventually shows up right, yeah. right. Um, but uh, but the the I think for me, the really wonderful and amazing thing about this, there are so many, but one of them is the commitment it has to treating the material in a in a realistic way to 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 really trying to sort of be as documentary as I can about this stuff, right? Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's, 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 that's the whole hat trick to me is like, you can, you know, if you, I, I, um, 
I love The Conjuring. But you watch The Conjuring and you're like, ooh, we're going to hear a scary story about a ghost, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like you start The Conjuring and you're like, okay, this is going to be a creepy movie and like it is committing to a to a creepy atmosphere. And you start The Exorcist and you kind of don't know where you are and it and it is creepy, but in, in the way that the world is creepy, not in the way that it's trying to like bell and whistle at you. Yeah. I don't know. How do you feel about it? No, absolutely. I mean, like uh, Conjuring is like a a great example of like, that's why the original Conjuring and the subsequent like Conjuring movies, Conjuring 2, Conjuring 3, like those movies operate so well yeah. off of that kind of documentarian feel. Like they're, they, they have like a little bit more of like a, a whimsical panache to them because they're like, isn't this silly? These people did this. Can you believe this? The Warrens back in the seventies, those goddamn fuckers. <laughs> but like, it, it, it's kind of like this, this self seriousness that's also not taking itself too seriously. Right. Like these people actually did this. We respect the Warrens, but also at the same time, this is fucking nuts, isn't it? Yeah. And that's what makes. The Conjuring movies, again, just in the initial, like you start getting into like The Nun and Annabelle and all that stuff, which I think are really fun movies. Like they're not on the same thing. They're a different thing. But especially in that first Conjuring movie, it really is kind of, you know, jiving off of the, the tone and atmosphere and patience of something like The Exorcist, which is introduce this family everything's fine don't worry about it yeah it it is but it's not i mean i like i think there's i think there's a pretty big difference too in that like well like you said there's like a little bit like almost a wink there's there's a there's a commitment to telegraphing to the audience from moment one this is going to be a scary story and i think Mm -hmm. in the exorcist it really lets that build up in a way that yeah that is um that feels more grown up 100%. I feel like that's also why back in 1973, like horror movies existed before 1973. <laughs> I'm aware. And this exact same, you know, kind of, uh, what would you call it? Like the the architecture of the story of like, start off with like little tiny bang right at the beginning, kind of something a little scary. Uh-huh. And then let it breathe, introduce characters the audience knows their names. Where are they at? What are the stakes? What's going on? Like delve that out for about half an hour and then start introducing all of the supernatural paranormal stuff. Like that's that's existed all throughout the 50s and 60s, especially with like schlock horror and stuff like that. Sure. I think where The Exorcist became this example in 1973 was... Um, for lack of a better term, it looks fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah. And every actor in it, down to like, you know, the drunk director, uh, which I think is just one horrible, of like the perfect. greatest yeah. performances <laughs> ever, because you know that that guy was not actually drunk and he looks wasted. <laughs> like uh-huh. he's, and, and that's, uh, what's the character's name? Burke, right? Because they keep, yeah. Bringing him up again, like Burke, 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 because he's the one that gets his gets his head twisted. He, it, yeah, spoiler, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, but yes, spoilers right. for The Exorcist. <laughs> sure. 
um, uh, head twisted. And it down. was great when he and... showed up in the Exorcist Believer, and he was like, "I never <laughs> died." <laughs> it twists back. <laughs> it twists back. <laughs> um, Burke. His name is Burke. <laughs> <laughs> His ah, we're being Dennis. so professional on this and... episode. I don't like it. <laughs> well, you better drink more. I am drinking more. Uh, let's do a side tangent real quick. I'm ready. Uh, favorite song off of Taylor Swift's Midnights? Tubular Bells. Mm. I love that one too. Yeah. That one's really good. It's like it's a great I'm not good at tangents. I'm just gonna bring us back on top. You're not good at tangents. I want to talk to you about the exorcist. All right, let's keep talking about the exorcist then. I feel like when we get into believer Oh, that's gonna drive itself. Yeah. Down the way we're gonna we're gonna really Um Uh the the pacing of this movie is is brilliant and the 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 lack of use of of music in this movie is pretty brilliant mm. it uses music very sparingly and i think that's what? like i i guess that's one of the 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 things that i'm tracking with the difference between this and the conjuring or something like that is like the in 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 90% of movies like this the music is going to be like something spooky is going to happen. Look out, everybody! And mm-hmm. The Exorcist is it, it is only doing that with foley art, or you know, with with sound effects that are that are that are pumped up. But but it's not. It does not use music to do that very much. It's it, it's the vinyl of right. horror movies. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. And it's uh uh the 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 way it builds and the way it uses sound effects to um to show the scariness and the evil of the regular world right because another another sort of huge beat that we haven't really talked about yet is like Mm -hmm. okay we get we get iraq and then we get uh like her making a movie and her coming home uh her chris sorry uh the lovely ellen bernstein um is it chris with a k it's chris with a ch (sighs) Sorry about it. I mean, <laughs> Chris, it's Chris, fine either way. It's her name. I'm not going to be mad at her. I'm assuming it, it's short for Christine, but it is an assumption. Um, oh, good question. Let's find out. <laughs> um, it's just Chris. And but 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 so something's wrong with the daughter, and then and then we have this this long portion of the movie where it's like nightmare doctor stuff. Um, yeah, which is which is frightening and horrifying and they do such That's a great job of the film kind of and like horrific in its own sense right right, right. Of just like the doctor like i've been going through my own uh, uh bout with the medical community have you considered an exorcist i mean like i'm getting there yeah because these people don't know what the fuck they're talking about all sure. respect to doctors and stuff like that did they, they put a thing in your neck and it just spurted blood out well, they haven't gotten to that point yet, okay. which I don't know exactly what that was supposed to do. They were draining something. They were draining like spinal fluid, her, right? To be able to take like a yeah. really good like, yeah. picture of her head. Right. right. 1973. Well, and that's when, I mean, the the everybody, I just learned this when doing research, but everybody thinks that like, oh, people 
fainted during the exorcist they think it's from uh beelzebub but it's not uh it's from that moment people, all the doctor stuff yeah the people who, most people who fainted fainted when the blood spurt out of her neck when they put a needle into it and i get I that mean, it, it looks it's cringy so and, real yeah. honestly i didn't even think about the fact that that is it's <laughs> crazy I had never even considered the fact that they're not actually draining blood <laughs> in spite. I, I never even thought of it because it looks so real. Uh-huh. Again, like that documentarian uh, kind of way. Yeah. No, I'm, I, I have kidney stones right now. And so I'm Sorry. going and talking to doctors and they're uh, not giving me straight answers. And I'm just trying to not go see them anymore. Yeah. And they're picking up on that. And they're just like, we're going to figure out a way to make you see us forever. And I'm like, I don't want that, though. Like, I'd like to stop seeing you. Like, I would like this meeting right now to be the last time I ever talk to anybody like you. And they're like, that's not the way it works. Because every time you come back, you have to give us like 50 to $150. So, like, you understand why we would want you to come back, right? And I'm like... Right, but like, do I have to come back? And they're like, yeah, because we have to get blood work. And I'm like, can't you do that right now? And they're like, no. And I'm like, why? And they're like, Aah! and then they yell at me and like leave. And then I have to go home and come back in two weeks. I would like to watch this film. <laughs> it sucks. I hate it. I hate doctors so much. But I'm very happy that they're taking care of me and I feel much better. I just wish that they could do it for less money and more quickly i get all of that and i still yeah. think you have it better than reagan did thank you i appreciate yeah. that remember that the next time you're fretting yeah. um, i mean don't get me started on my credit score right <laughs> i go go now did you did you encounter this brilliant ellen burston story about that about that blood spurt moment no well i'll tell Give you it right to me. now uh, she was she was filming her next movie. Uh, Alice doesn't live here anymore. Uh, she was with the cast somewhere in Arizona or wherever they filmed that. Um, and there was a showing of The Exorcist, and she, so she like brought the whole cast to the to to, to see The Exorcist. And uh, at the as the movie was going, um, that the blood spurt moment happened, and she saw somebody get up and walk out the aisle, and she thought, "Oh, this is this is what I've been hearing about." And uh, the woman went down, uh, fainted. Um, and Ellen Burstyn, uh, got up in the aisle and, and started, you know, trying to revive this, this, this person, um, revive from fainting. Yeah. Faint in fainting, you pass out. Jesus. So Ellen was like, you know, are you like getting, getting them back to consciousness? And then suddenly realized if this person wakes up to Ellen Burstyn in their face, (laughs) They're going to be traumatized in a way that no one's ever been traumatized before and suddenly went back to her seat and said, please, someone else take care of this, which I thought was that really, is true. Yeah. Was really yeah. considerate of her. Ellen Burstein seems like a really nice person. I agree. We'll talk about her more later. I agree. Um, <laughs> for obvious 2023 50th anniversary <sighs> uh, requel reasons. Um. Uh, so we have we have the whole medical stuff and 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 another great thing about this movie is that everyone and this I I I have not 
uh, read all of the the book that this is based on, but I'm assuming this comes from Blatty, um, uh, who also wrote the screenplay. That 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 everyone in the movie, even the priest, is really telling her it can't be this. You know, the like is, is like the from from herself to her doctors to her psychiatrists. Everyone is like it couldn't like we don't get to the possibility of exorcism for a really long, of possession for a, really for a long very time. long time. Yeah. And what, and even when we, we do like it's the doctors bring it up as like, uh, you know, she says, so what, you're telling me to see a witch doctor. Um, the, the doctors bring it up in a way of like, this could be something you could try, but we don't really believe in it. What? It is that scene kind of did strike me last night watching it kind of like, wait, these guys are all just going to bring this up to her. Like I always remembered in my head that like, Oh, she finds it uh-huh. elsewhere. Yeah. It's kind of wild that like psychiatrists are like, well, you know, um, hmm. well, there was, there was more faith in the country in those days. And I think it, it, you had 20 I, doctors around that uh, table. Again, One that is like a is 1973 like, thing, Yeah, but it is kind of like, um, you know, like a wormhole inside of a wormhole <laughs> because we're watching this movie 50 years removed and we're like, that's crazy that they would bring that up. And even in there, they're like, well, I mean, like this shit actually doesn't work. Right. I mean, the last <laughs> time they did something like this was like a hundred years ago. Who even knows about it? Right. Right. And like, well, so right, it's and, already right, and, and, removed and from 1973. And that's from the priest, right? Yeah. She's like, fine, I'll I'll swallow my pride and go to this priest. And the priest is like, exorcist exorcisms aren't real. <laughs> also, too, uh, so this guy uh, that plays the priest, yeah, Jason Miller, who plays yeah. Father Karras, Demi. Mm. Uh, talk to me about Demi, Scotty. Uh, well, uh, he he's a boxer. He is. Uh, he went to. How good is he at boxing? I believe he's pretty good. Pretty good. He's not a pro boxer. No, not at all. But pretty I, good he though. Could, I he would beat me in a boxing ring. Would you say that he's a fighter? I would. Great. I would. Up until that'll come end. into play later. Yeah. Um. Uh. No, we have. You know, we 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 have a a, a very practical priest. A very like, not buying into the bullshit priest. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that we see pretty early and pretty often from him. Um, that he came from a place that he he got his psychology degree from Harvard, and uh, then joined the priesthood. So, like, it's 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 the perfect you know, well done, Blatty. This is the perfect guy. Like the the mixture of like science, religion, and and religion without right stopping believing in science to the point that he was like, I, there's no such thing in a, as an exorcism and it's irresponsible well, to let you believe that there is because it's psychiatry. Exactly. He's never stopped believing in science. However, uh. he is starting to maybe not believe in God as much. He may, he may be uh, <coughs> losing his faith. Crisis of faith. Losing his religion. Yeah. yeah. In the corner. Uh huh. The spotlight. He might. He might be. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. So uh, I. I'm blanking on who had this part before him, but they gave this part to somebody before they gave it to Jason. Do you know about that? You are correct. What was that? 
Yes. Oh, we can. I cannot find that. There's no Chris. way that I can just find that right now. Oh, I found it. <laughs> Go on. Easiest thing in the world. Um, Ellen Burstein was actually originally cast as the priest character. <laughs> you did not find that. I did not. <laughs> no, I, I made it up because I really believed you. I am trying to buy time. Stacy Keach. Jack. Stacy Nicholson. Stacy Keach. Jack Nicholson. Stacy Keach. Who's Stacy Keach? Stacy Keach is the person that they hired to play Karis. I just found Jack Nicholson. That's cute. I'm on the record of note Wikipedia right now. Okay. Uh, Jack, Jack Nicholson was considered the, the for... Greatest, I, I'm on IMDb. Wikipedia. Scotty, Jack Nicholson was considered so. for Karis, and Paul Newman was interested before Blatty hired oh. Stacey Keach. Um, and then... Uh, and then this guy thought that Jack Nicholson was too unholy to That's ever play a priest. Good call. That is true, yeah. Uh, and then Jason Miller was like, this is my role, this is me. And William Friedkin was like, it's already cast. We already gave it to somebody else. They told mm-hmm. they, Stacey Keach was hired. Uh, and Jason Miller was like, no, it's mine. You're going to regret this. You need to let me have a screen test. And William Friedkin said, fine. If you want to pay for yourself to have a screen test, you can. But I'm telling you that this part is somebody else's. And he paid. And he was brilliant. And they fired Stacey Keach. Sorry, Stacey Keach. He's a great stage actor. Sorry, Stacey Keach. <laughs> Um, uh, wasn't Stacey Keach, was he in the ninth configuration? He was. Was he? Yeah. That's great. He's the main character in the ninth configuration, which is like the, the secret, the secret third, the secret (laughs) exorcist sequel technically based off of the books. Right. Yeah. That was him. No. Yeah. He was, he's the, um. I talked to you, uh, so Ninth Configuration, It uh, you've never seen it. I've not seen it. Have you? <laughs> no. Yes. I've seen it twice. No one's ever seen it once. <laughs> it is Shutter Island. Oh. It's, it's a, like, Stacey Keach plays a, um, a military doctor that is brought to a... Um, military mental hospital to oversee all of the individuals that are there, like who can be uh, brought out, who have to stay. He's also acting like a weird little fucker the whole time. And then spoilers for Shutter Island, everybody (laughs) skip ahead 30 seconds. If you don't want Um, it is revealed that no, he's actually also a, Inmate there on yep. the island, yep. Uh, and he is also crazy. You've seen Shutter Island, uh, Shutter Island, another I that I, I don't love that movie, but I love that score, that soundtrack. Duly appointed federal marshals, okay. <laughs> Mark Ruffalo, <laughs> do you like Mark Ruffalo? Who doesn't like Mark Ruffalo? What's Even your favorite Ninja Mark Ruffalo like movie? Mark, Mark Ruffalo, uh, 13 going on 30. <clears throat> What's yours? I should have known that. No, probably the kids aren't all right. I'm gay. Oh, kid- st- stop it. <laughs> Jesus. You don't have What's to yours? prove anything to me. What's yours? Or our audience. What's my favorite Mark Ruffalo performance or movie? That's a good distinguish okay. like, thing. Yeah. Uh, I wow, would that wine both. is kicking in. Wow. <laughs> 
I would like what's, to hear both. What's the distinguish? Um, let's look at this. Uh, looking through. Right off the top of my head, before I start looking around, I think that my favorite performance from Mark Ruffalo is most likely going to be The Brothers Bloom. Okay. He's amazing in that movie. Have you seen that? I have. It's a Ryan Johnson movie. It's really yeah. good. Zodiac was popping up into my head. Sure. Eternal Sunshine. Uh, Internal Sunshine. He's great in that. He dances in his whitey tighties. <laughs> 13 going on 30 is like not a bad idea. Collateral. Uh-huh. I mean, I know he's not in that that much. Like, that's not a movie that you would be like, oh, that's my favorite Mark Ruffalo. But it might be your favorite movie with Mark Ruffalo in it. I'm trying to find what's the earliest movie I remember Mark Ruffalo from. Really going through here. Wow, he has got some trash down here. There's this movie called The Dentist from 1996. Uh-huh. Oh my god, this movie. Oh my god, this movie. All right, uh, The Dentist from 1996. It's... <laughs> oh, my God. It's uh, directed by a young man named Brian Yuzna, who directed the Beyond Reanimator remake okay. in 2003. Okay. Oh, my goodness. I have to break off. I have to break off from this. This is insane. Ken Forey, Ken Forey's in it. Molly Hagen's in it. Patty Toey is in it. Oh my god! <laughs> Jan Hoig is in this goddamn movie. What the fuck? Mike, Mike, Mike. The power I'm, of Christ I'm, compels you. I'm breaking off. I'm breaking yeah. off. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It is he that compels you. We're breaking off from our Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> Tangent. We we support the new TMNT movie. Was it a Mark Ruffalo tangent? <laughs> uh, it was it was a Shutter Island tangent. It was a secret third movie tangent. Um, ninth configuration. Ninth configuration. Stacy Keach. Stacy Keach. All sorts of things mm-hmm. were happening. Karis. Uh, yeah, Karis is a great character. <laughs> <laughs> we got back. <laughs> Uh, and yes, Karis is losing his faith, and Karis really like. Did he fuck over his mom? Did he? It's, it didn't go well. <laughs> I mean, I love no. that uncle who's like, funny to think if you were a psychiatrist, she'd be fine. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> it's like, wow, what a relative. Um, well, because he's the brother, right? So he's just like, eh. My old sister. Who cares? Seems yeah. like there's a big age gap too. Yeah. Between right. the uncle and the mom. Sure. Right. Right. Yeah. Um. But Mike, where do you think that the Exorcist sort of lives within the lineage of film? Like, what is what is it really responding to, and then what really responds to it? It's. I mean, poof. it's. Right? Like, it's, like, essentially the greatest horror movie ever made. Okay. <laughs> like, that's, like, the legend of it, right? Sure, sure. I mean, so I group it, like, do you, uh, uh, tr- true or false, would you group this movie in with, like, uh, The Shining and Rosemary's Baby? Yes. Me too. Yeah. Like, those are, like, 
old movies that are horror movies and spooky and scary. But I th- more than that, I think, right? Like, I think they're all sort of like in this, they're all 70s, right? Yes, they would all be 70s. I think The Shining might be 80, but okay. we're but right in, in 79. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you are, you are completely correct. Yes. Uh, they all have this sort of 70s. Uh, uh, and I think they all, in, in a way, have this sort of coldness to them. Mm-hmm. Um, that is different than, like, it doesn't, like, it's not a scare that's like tickling you. <laughs> yeah, it's a scare that's staring you dead in the face. It's like a simmer again, yeah. like what I was talking about, like a, the Exorcist as a movie being like this boiling pot. Right. Like when you first go in, it's just like there's the pot. Yep. Nothing wrong with a pot full <laughs> of water sitting there. What's there to be scared of? And then slowly, simmer, 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 boiler, 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 boiler. Another thing I really love about this movie, because after my first rewatch this season, I was thinking, like, this, this, the thing that's remarkable about this movie is the direction and the storytelling of it. Like, the, the story is interesting but i think we have seen a million other movies since then not before then but since then tell this same story and not be as good well also some of those are influenced by this all of those are influenced by there's yeah. this created a genre of, i mean of that's the films, legendary right? status of this thing like right. even like yeah like what we were talking about like the conjuring like yeah. oh the the status quo of like how do you make a demonic possession horror movie these days. Right. And I think, and but, but I think other, like, I think other movies are aping the structure of it. Um, and like the beats of it. But I, but I think there's something so amazing that no one has really aped, which is like, like a, treating the life outside of the possession with as much importance as the life within the possession, like, like letting her dad not calling on her birthday be like a moment, even though it doesn't tie back in letting the whole medical thing be a thing, letting uh, her drunk director exist in the way that he does Mm -hmm. seeing this party, like, like the, the outer the the lives outside of this story for all of these characters are so vivid and and feel in the filmmaking of it like they actually start out having as much stakes as the a plot um and and everything in life like like we see the we see the 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 horror of dogs fighting we see the horror of um of what we put old people through if we don't have enough money to take care of them. We see, and, and all of that feels like it supports and ties in with this main theme. So by the time we get to seeing Reagan's face as Pazuzu, it's not so much that this feels so foreign. It's like, 
oh, of course, here's another little corner of the world where horrifying things happen. And in this corner of the world, this is how they happen. Like, mm-hmm. I think there's something about this movie that, that, and I think like, I think maybe William Peter Blatty is, is more interested in the religion of it and the, uh, um, the sort of dogma of it. But I think William Friedkin is, is more interested in, uh, like this is like, what if we're in a world where we treat this as fact, but it's not a fact above everything else. It's a fact along with everything else. And so this is a movie where you see a lot of bad things happen to good people. And this is one of them. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. William Freakin's entire, what has to be like why he would want to do this movie. Yeah. Is kind of strange. Sure. I kind of like the idea that, you know, like I watched that, that 40 minute. Yeah. Doc. Before that was, feature. Uh, right. That was before the movie that I was going to watch, which was essentially like uh, Ellen Burstein and Linda Blair just being like, oh, they tried to kill us constantly. <laughs> Yeah, right. uh, and then all of a sudden, like you're given like these like shout outs to um, like the prop guys and the stunt dudes, and they're just like, "Yeah, Billy just told us to go for it, you know, just <laughs> let it rip on him." You're like, ah, beautiful. And I had that. I had that confused. That she that was Ellen Burstyn's moment when they told her to when they told him to really yank her back, um, and she got a bump on the butt but was but was okay after that the the permanently yeah. damaging thing is the linda blair shaking in the bed thing the, which like, like the, caused the, like the real the damage radical, to her spine right but yeah but the reason for that i don't think was was william freakin pushing everybody too far but was actually that her her harness loosened and so she was actually shaking in that thing yeah um uh but but the gunshots i mean you know so tell us about the gunshots Oh, the gunshots, right? <laughs> That's like the uh, the old legend that like William Freakin' would just like shoot guns <laughs> randomly <laughs> and <laughs> on like, set. I'll tell you, shout out to Shutter. Shutter has two uh, great features on The Exorcist right now. One of them is uh, a TV show that they make called Cursed Films, and they they profile sort of the um, uh, the weird stuff that happened during this. Um, and that sort of William Friedkin started out very practical and by the end was having priests bless every set that he worked on and um, sort of, you know, starting to like follow the rules a little more than he did because, um, because some weird stuff happened. But, um, but aside from that, uh, uh, Shudder has another uh, great like full length documentary about the exorcist that came out recently, I think um, where I, I obviously it was it was shot before now, but but William Friedkin talks. We'll we'll tell you all the stories and and very much admits to uh, him stealing this from another director. The idea that if you want somebody to have a reaction, and so when uh, when Karis is listening to the tape and turns it backwards and is trying to hear what the demon says, and then the phone rings, and you know this is a one of the moments where they there's there's a little jump scare because the phone is so loud. Um, but then his reaction to the phone whipping his head around is because William freaking shot a gun off <laughs> to get that insane. that little take. Um, uh, is there is it, uh, 
Mike, is there an ethical way to like make this film and have like a 14 year old actor like Reagan saying these lines and not getting traumatized? Is that okay? I mean, that's the thing. 1973, crazy. Mm-hmm. Who knows what was going on back then? <laughs> but I, I mean, like- well, look, we we just we just got a sequel. There are some young girls saying some crazy things, <laughs> which we're going to talk about in a second. Um, it is kind of odd to think about, like back in 1973. I feel like throughout the cusps of time in making movies protecting kids in horror movies is always kind of like a big deal yeah on set you want to make sure that these kids like the shining is like an amazing example where they're like we tried to really protect this kid from all the bad stuff that was happening and the more bad stuff that happens in the movie that's connected to like what that kid needs to be involved with in production starts to become a little odd. Well, right. So we have Linda Blair at 14 saying these lines and, and there she's, I I mean, is she saying those lines or is she just like kind of mouthing something and then somebody else is coming in and just one of the things that I learned is that, is that okay. she she said all the, they 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 shot all the lines with her and the voiceover artist tracked to her. Wow. Um, okay. So that's Linda Blair's performance. <laughs> I mean, hey, and there's you know somewhere 1973 baby. somewhere I bet in the vaults you can watch Linda Blair say those lines herself. And there there's even in the in that full length shutter thing there's a there's clips of of Linda Blair doing the scenes. It's like oh. what are some of the lines that she said? Scotty. Oh, things like uh that would be uh a much too perverse show mm. of power, things like that. Yeah. Lick me. Lick me. Like that. Yeah. That's a crazy that's the one of the craziest ones. <laughs> like how did that all the other stuff is very perverse, very intense, horrific. That one is like you had to keep that one in. <laughs> I think it's important that it that it be directly attacking her mom, right? Of course, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like one of the big lines in the first Exorcist, and it's actually brought up again in the the new one, which is the like your cunting daughter. Yeah. Like, you know I don't even did. know what that means. I don't either. <laughs> it's, but it's like, it, it's so nasty. Well, And I didn't remember that the scene cuts off right after that. Oh, that's one of the greatest <laughs> things about the original Exorcist is they will. We never know what she did. <laughs> intense things. And we're like, do you know what she did? Your gunting daughter. And then it just like cuts away and they're like pigeons flying. <laughs> No, it usually goes to a a really straight to a really mundane scene. That's like that's the punchline. (laughs) It's like suddenly we're like you know on the like like at a kitchen table. She didn't do anything. She played with a Ouija board. She played with a Ouija board. Talk to uh, Mister Howdy. 
Captain Howdy. Captain Howdy. Mr. Captain Howdy. Howdy. He's a captain. Thank you very much. I don't know. Come You've on. never talked to... I'm telling Captain Howdy you said that. Wait, have you talked to Captain Howdy? <laughs> I live in a murder cabin. I have a Ouija board. Um, <laughs> you do live in a murder cabin. <laughs> I can't wait to come over yeah. again soon. Come on over, man. Um, I'd love to. I... Yeah, and 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 that's. I have realized recently that um, nothing can spoil a good horror movie for me like a bunch of rules, like um, okay, like like once we get to the sort of like say the de- if you find out the demon's name you will have power over him. That's like okay, this is a this is a kindergarten game. This is like mm-hmm. something that a third grader makes up to be like. And now to get to the tower, we have to go touch that pole. Um, and I really appreciate about this movie that, um, there are nods to things having logic, but it's never like, like we actually, we never get to a point in the possession where it's like, like, and I feel like if this were made today, it would be like, um, like a princess bride did he say man and wife thing right of like we Mm -hmm. have to get to this line in the exorcism and then we'll see a puff of something come out of her mouth you know like that didn't happen then and i feel like if they did it today that would happen yeah uh yeah uh, well actually um (laughs) Um, seems like a good segue (laughs) into uh talking about if they were to make a movie like this these days should we break the seal I mean, like, I, I've been uh, pent up this entire episode <laughs> because I, I saw this. I saw this on Thursday. It's now Sunday. And so I, you I saw this wait. on the premiere night on the premiere night because yeah. I was I, I, I have this horror movie calendar thing and I had it on opening night, but it was my sister's 50th birthday. And so I had uh, that go, by the I way, see the night before. It was a great. Great night. Thank you for asking. That's we good. I'm sorry I couldn't make it. It's okay. Um, uh, you were hosting trivia. No, you were. I, I was hosting trivia that. the night before, and then oh, I was great. running a architecture and urbanism uh, film series the day after. Don't worry about it. Of course. It was great. It was fantastic. Everybody showed up. They had a great time. Met a lot of cool people. I saw this movie and was like, I cannot wait to talk about this with someone, and I had to wait till now. So, uh, Mike. Uh, spoilers uh, ahead. Oh, all right. Yeah. Spoilers yeah. for The Exorcist underline believer. Scotty, why don't you start this off? Oh, please. Can and I? let me know what you thought about David. All right, so David Gordon Green mm. uh, wrote and directed this movie. Uh, David Gordon Green of... Uh, Pineapple Express fame, but also Halloween the new Halloween kills, trilogy. Halloween ends and Halloween 2018. <laughs> yes. Uh, three movies that I really like on varying degrees. Uh, I think that Halloween ends is a masterpiece. So that's a hot take. Everybody that doesn't agree with me just stopped listening and that's fine. <laughs> We're going to have a podcast coming out in a couple weeks all about that. (laughs) Uh, I think that David Gordon Green is a fantastic director, an amazing director. Do you still think that? Not the greatest writer. Do you still think that he's a great director after what you just saw today? 
Oh, 100%. Okay, now we have a well, now we're in a fight. All right, let's do this, <laughs> yeah. baby. My my initial thoughts on the exorcist underline believer will be saved until you tell me what you thought about it. Uh when I saw the trailer, I was like, okay, Ellen Burstyn is a fantastic actor and seems like a person who makes smart choices. And so if she's coming back to this, then I am ready to believe that this is going to be a worthy follow-up. And uh, she was wrong. Um, She was wrong. (laughs) She, she was, she was, I, uh, I, so I had just I I had watched The Exorcist like twice you know like I watched the original cut and then the extended cut. I was gonna say like you, you're the, the main crowd. I am the main crowd. You are the main um, crowd. Like the, the, they're they're trying to get to you, <laughs> and they did. I saw it on Thursday. Um, uh, I was from the first moment so offended by this movie, um, oh. because. If you spend four hundred million dollars getting the rights to The Exorcist to make, mm-hmm. hypothetically, we'll see if this happens, a trilogy. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's baked into what this movie's doing. I know, but there have been other films that have been baked like that and have it. Whatever. Um, hey, man, he made three Halloweens. Let that guy cook. No. No, this must be stopped. The power mm. of Christ compels him to stop making these movies. Oh, if he's so gonna make you them are like this. anti-believer. <laughs> um, I, I, th- so you pay, you pay more money than I'll ever see to, for the rights to this great film, and then you seem to skip the step of figuring out what makes this film great. <laughs> And instead, use the same ideas, like use the same trappings. Use no, no, no. You didn't even mm-hmm. do that. <laughs> you used, How deep are you on that wine bottle right now? I'm very. I'm pretty shallow. This is. I wouldn't Good. be doing this I if I were sober. I want to make sure that we're yeah. like on the same level. Yeah. Good. Uh, to to ignore everything that this movie could have given you. So you like. The plot is a joke, um, but even, <laughs> but even taking away the plot, the style is what I was the most offended by because you were handed these things on a platter, and I get it that you're a different director, but I also think that like he seems a little bit like like a like a Robert Wise of the world, like like not somebody who has wow. like. A, <laughs> listen, hear me out. Yes, <laughs> yes, no, but I know exactly. Uh, that's why it was so cutting. As a oh, as a model, um, as a model, it feels like okay. You're not a person who has uh, uh, who he has a really light touch. He seems like he has a light touch. He seems like he can adapt mm-hmm. to a bunch of different types of movies and mm-hmm. it's not like this Kubrick like it's like you're always gonna know move thing it's like he he is taking these other things that other people have made and sort of like doing his own thing with them a little bit and so I was really hopeful that a person like that could look at the 1973 Exorcist and say wow William Friedkin did some really amazing things to make this movie the way that he made it is really 
a big part of what made it great. So let me take some of those things, like the sort of documentary-like feel to the cinematography and the approach. Um, uh, William Friedkin had a couple different people start to write scores for The Exorcist, and he kept telling them it needs to be quiet, and he would give them like some songs to listen to that were these sort of like quiet... Um, modern classical pieces like quiet creepy modern classical pieces as opposed to sort of like horror movie scores and uh, a couple people started and and didn't get it and he fired them and used his temp score um, largely Uh, and and learning like that's a cool thing to take I think but um, those things were left on the table and uh, Alan Burstyn, Queen of Requiem for a Dream, uh, and my heart uh, mm-hmm. is is back, um, and I was ready for that. But it was it was every step of it was so formulaic and um, and childish um, that I was really offended. <laughs> How did go you off. feel about it, Mike? Go on, go off. <laughs> that, that, uh, that was it. <laughs> no, that wasn't it. Of course, that wasn't it. Okay, so no, uh, so just just in case, let's get on the same playing field here. All right. So, um, the actress that played uh, old Murph in Interstellar, okay, um, she shows up in this movie. <laughs> um, I haven't seen Interstellar. Are we talking about Anne Dowd? You're talking about Ellen Burstein. Ellen Burstein. Because what's the last movie that Ellen Burstein was in that you remember? I uh, I have seen her in things since Requiem for a Dream, but she hasn't uh-huh. left a mark since then. What's the name of the movie? Requiem for a Dream? What? No, no. After that. Oh, Requiem Interstellar? For a Dream, I don't know. which is like, good God, 2000. Uh... Oh, she was also in Draft Day. Let's remember that. I don't remember that. Was that about football? I hate that Alan Burstein is in this movie. Completely deflates everything that this movie is supposed to be doing. I disagree with that. Okay. Let's (laughs) do it, Scotty. You ready? Yeah. Lock eyes. I disagree with that, Mike. I disagree because... uh, (laughs) uh, uh, All right. So Because, Because to make a legacy sequel, we need a tie to the first one. And I think inherently she's not a bad idea as a tie to our first film um i think the way that she's, she's used Jamie beyond that idea of this yeah yeah be, like the way that she's used in this film is horrible but the idea uh, of her be participating in this film yes. is not a bad idea not a bad idea at all the way she's used is uh horrendous. comically insane horrendous horrendous all right so <laughs> let me just get my feelings on this movie out on the playing field because I feel like you've gotten yours out there, which is a a solid two out of ten. I'm feeling like I guess I guess like and Dad brings two point five. Yeah, no, like all all the people trying to save the movie might bring it to a two. Yeah, okay. And and, uh, and to be clear, it's <laughs> like as it, it's a fine Blumhouse movie. It's just a two out of ten when you think about what it was given, right? Uh. Would you say that this movie would have been better? Would you have enjoyed it more if it wasn't an exorcist movie and they just removed the Ellen Burns bursting shit? Fully, fully. Yeah. Yeah, If I didn't have the expectations of, of like this actually has been given. It's kind of fun. Like just as a movie, 
Yeah. It's, I mean, it's hard for me to, to, to do that exercise, but yes, yes. I think, right, right. right. Yeah. In the way that, in the way, like I, I like the conjuring a lot. I like insidious a lot. (laughs) (laughs) The look that you just gave me when you said you like the conjuring. (laughs) I like, um, uh, we're getting there right now, baby. I like lost souls a lot. Do you ever see that one? Lost Souls? Lost Souls fucks. Oh, thank you. It has an F on Cinema Score, Mike. We have to tell people that this movie's great. Cinema Score. Fuck Rotten Tomatoes. So, all right. So my story going into this movie. How'd you feel? Yeah. 23% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. I saw that and I went, good. (laughs) Give it, give it (laughs) to me. Can't wait. Let's see. Uh, I love David Gordon Green's uh, Halloween trilogy. Mm-hmm. I think that that shit is solid. Yeah. I think that the first Halloween uh, in 2018, Halloween 2018, as yeah. we like to call it, <laughs> an amazing uh, just examination of the relationship between Michael Myers and victim, victim, victimizer, really fun. Mm-hmm. Halloween Kills, not as good of a movie, but doesn't have to be. Okay. And that's all about what has Michael Myers as a character that we've known for like 40 years done to Haddonfield. Fun. Uh-huh. Halloween Ends. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Yeah. Masterpiece. All about what Haddonfield does to the people that live inside of it. It's amazing. I love it. So when they go, hey, David Gordon Green, you know, that Pineapple Express, your highness guy, he's going to do The Exorcist. Let's go for it. I went, that sounds like a bad idea. Because The Exorcist is a very different franchise than Halloween. Halloween is completely built on, it's a guy in fucking coveralls with a white mask killing people. (laughs) Have fun with that. Do that. The Exorcist is all about the dread of what happens to us after we die and what happens when that comes into our lives before that happens. Mm-hmm. Silently. Mm-hmm. Um, so you knew you knew you were in for a, a mismatch. I knew I was in for a mismatch. I got DGGs back at all times. That's good because he's gonna. I love David like Gordon you. Green. Have you seen some of David Gordon Green's like indie movies before he got like super famous Snow Angels? I'm looking at a list. I don't think I have. No. All the Real Girls? Mm-hmm. No. George Washington? I, look, I have a lot of work to do. I get it. You're looking at him. Uh, I highly recommend those three movies mm-hmm. that I just brought up. They're yeah. fucking fantastic. Snow Angels has what I think is might be... Sam Rockwell's best performance of all time. Hot take. Dude, it's insane. And All the Real Girls is probably my 
oof, I'm like clenching my fist. I don't even know how to. That is a movie that means so much to me. It's amazing. So You'll love it. So why didn't you have faith that he could figure out something cool to do with the exorcist? Oh, cause he's a fucking dipshit. <laughs> In what way? Wait, you he's just said he makes great have movies. Have you seen any of the Halloween movies? <laughs> he's a dipshit. He's just like having fun with those guys. Like that's Halloween ends is so good because David Gordon Green is this guy that's just like kind of doesn't understand Michael Myers, but like understands Haddonfield. Okay. Understands the idea of a town that built this guy that became Michael Myers. That's why that movie is so good. And I'm look, are they going to make three of these exorcist movies? Probably not. But if they do make another one and it sucks and they announce that they're going to make a third one, I am going to stand <laughs> on the picket line and be like, let him cook. It's going to be good. That third the, one was good last time. Let him cook. The thing about the thing about paying four hundred million dollars for the rights to do a trilogy is that you're probably going to do that trilogy because four hundred million dollars is bigger than any of the budgets. David Gordon Green did not pay four hundred million dollars. No, but Blumhouse the, did. The studio, right? exactly. And yeah. so Blumhouse is going to follow through on that. We'll see. This movie did not make I, money. Look, I'm hoping yeah. that they don't. I'm hoping that they don't. I'm. This movie lost so much money, and uh, it, it, it on, lost on that, so much money. It's, it's Sunday after opening. Let's see what happens. I don't think that this movie is a bad movie. I think it's a bad Exorcist movie. I think it's a mediocre movie and a really bad Exorcist movie. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, if this movie wasn't connected to Exorcist, I probably wouldn't have gone to the theater to see it anyway, and probably never would have watched it. But they got my money. <laughs> I think that this movie works really well for the first hour. Leslie Odom Jr. is fantastic in this movie. Mm-hmm. He's fantastic. I think the kids that are in this movie... Uh-huh. Are fantastic. I think that Anne Dowd is the secret key that makes this movie watchable <laughs> throughout. Yeah, agreed. Can you imagine the last half hour of this movie without Anne Dowd being like, I got an abortion. What do I do? <laughs> like, I also, can- look, Oakley. Also not trying to like oh, lessen Wasili. that moment. Like that's that's like a strong moment in that movie. Yeah. Okuyo Pakosiki who played uh uh-huh. the the sort of the voodoo uh uh solution. Priest. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh also I thought was captivating and great. Uh 100%. and I also thought Je- Jennifer Nettles was given great work. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, fine work. I thought that those three people really helped me get through that film. I do like how douchebaggery the two parents of the other kid. Yeah. And I say the other kid because it's like there's nothing given about the other kid. It's Catherine, right? Yeah. 
Just because my favorite line in the movie is, I choose you, Catherine, <laughs> at the end. Which that's going to play into the next movies, of course. Like, yeah. that's what it's leading towards. Yeah, sure. But Come I don't on, need, like, that's getting into these, like, rules. I don't know. I'm, I. All right. So I haven't given my, like, full. All okay, right. So please. this movie in 30 seconds. And start now. Wait, this is my turn? No, this is my turn. Great. I was just giving five seconds of silence because I don't need that much time. This movie uh, sucks. It's bad. It was very horrible to watch in a theater. Uh, I felt like I was losing my mind. I wanted to leave at all times. It looks great. I think it looks great. And that's the David Gordon Green directing happening. But... He also wrote it. And guess what? Fucking story sucks. It's stupid. It's dumb. There's an intentionality in the beginning that makes sense. The first like 45 minutes of this movie, I was like, fuck yeah, you're doing it. What was everybody even talking about? This is amazing. This is great. Kids get lost. How do we find them? Oh my God, they stumbled across the devil. Oh, they were found like a pig farm barn. Awesome. This is great. As soon as those kids come back to the hospital, it just starts to devalue in entertainment quality. Not even just in story quality. In entertainment quality, it just starts to slowly trickle down. To the point where, like, when you get to the ending scene, which I think is a great idea. The idea of, like, we have two, two young girls that need to get exercised. Oh, my God. Two of them this time? Wow. What a pitch. But it's all of these different religions and, like, uh, beliefs, like, trying to do it i love that idea it is executed so poorly that it made me want to fucking rip my head off in the theater i could not wait to get out of that theater for the last like half hour of this movie yeah it sucked yeah yeah but at the same time i will say the performances from both the kids. Yeah. Catherine, I choose you. Yeah. And uh, was it uh, Miranda? I think it was Angela. Angela. The other one. Angela. That's the whole thing. Like, there's no character. We know the name Reagan. We know the name Chris, don't we? Yeah. Spelt with a C-H. Of course we do. We all do. We kind of know Karis if we watched it recently, right? There was just like no... I think that Anne Dowd in this movie is like the secret weapon that makes that third act actually work in a watchable way. 
Cause she's like, she's like the one that's like, well, I'm trying to like do stuff and do all these things. And I don't know. And then when they finally win and the priest comes in and is just a buffoon. Dude, that is the stupidest shit in the world. (laughs) You're like, well, guess what? I was like, I went. The priest is here and he's like, I don't know. I don't know. I in the first Exorcist, like, they make it this thing where it's like only some people can do this. It's pretty hard, but they point out they're like anybody can actually go in and do an exorcism, but it's really hard. You can say the words, you can do the performances, you can put your hands wherever you want, but like honestly, this stuff's like kind of hard to do. And in this movie, I I get the, it's kind of like the Halloween Kills thing. You saw Halloween Kills. I didn't yet. Well. I know. Halloween Kills kind of has this whole thing of like a group mentality of like the idea of if you bring a bunch of people together into one little tiny group, they can do stuff. Group mentality. You know about that. Like, yeah, mob mentality. Is it the same idea? Well, yeah. eh, mob mentality has a little bit more of an edge to it, but sure. Is this is this coming? people coming together to do good things or bad things? Either or. Okay. They probably believe that it's good things all there the time. Go. So tie this back. So what are you saying about exorcism? Tying this back is like, that's kind of like the... Uh, the ending of the exorcist underline believer is that we get this group of people that have different religious backgrounds, whether they're atheists, Christians, Catholics, whatever from all over. And they're like, we are going to save these two kids by all the different means that we have because the establishment, i.e. the church is not going to give us an actual exorcist. And we have that guy outside. He's like, well, they won't give us the actual exorcist. I'm just a priest. And then he shows up. I'm like, wait, but dude, you're just a priest. <laughs> also, Literally like- in the first movie, they were like, we have to get this actual dude that has done this before to try it. Right. <laughs> Also, I I think that 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 it's like a cardinal sin to not have a backstory for the priest in an exorcist sequel. Like, like if if you yeah, are an guy? exorcist movie and like the priest in the movie is just like some guy from down, he's the like block. the stunt double of the dude that <laughs> fucked Elizabeth Moss in the Handmaid's Tale. That's exactly who he is, and I'm glad you recognized. Did Max. you look, look that up on D- IMDb, or did you figure that out? I just said it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, when you have hit, like, he's how are such we doing? A, he's how are you feeling? Thought. He's a red herring. I'm, I'm. This is cathartic, but I need to do more. How are you feeling? All right. I'm doing great. Yeah. I was are you just actually checking in on you? Great. Good. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I, I, there's, I think there's more, are you done talking about this film? Absolutely not. Tell me more about that. Tell me more about it. 
Wait, I thought you wanted to say more. Well, of course I do. Uh, I want to say that that it gives us the idea that we're going into this showdown where everybody is going to have to sort of come together, and we take a nod at that when, like, you know, the when Doctor Behebe Behebe, I don't know when, um, uh, when the like voodoo priestess uh like gets a cloud of stuff out from their mouths you're like oh Uh and she's like that was just the beginning so it's like okay maybe we're all gonna take our turns sort of like pumping the demons out of these girls right Um, yeah like they were gonna kind of like avenger style like right right and then african priestess will do this and then the catholic priest will do this yeah and 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 in the end they're all just kind of just like fuck you well in the end there wasn't like I would argue that there was actually not an exorcism in this film. Um, there isn't. That's why it shouldn't be called the Exorcist. Like the it's the like the 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 demon. If it's Pazuzu in both of them, he's like the, his whole thing is like I'm gonna kill one of these girls and then mm-hmm. I'm gonna peace. Right. <laughs> Dude, the movie also removes one of the best lines from the trailer. What's that? The devil played a trick on you. Like it's incorporated into the story where it's like, oh, they tricked you. Where it's like, pick one kind of thing where it's like, that's one of the scariest parts about the original Exorcist, which you have to give it to this movie. Ultimately, it lands on the idea of Belief in love and what you're actually doing, not what you're being told. That's kind of what the original Exorcist is about. Right? Am I wording that correctly? I'm, I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to give this to you or not. <laughs> no, no, no. You don't have to give it to me. Uh, uh, let me, let me uh, rephrase. All right, so... Every time in the original Exorcist, when Reagan is talking to the priest. Reagan? No, when well, Pazuzu. Exactly. Okay. We don't know who is talking. And, or, sir, every time the devil is talking to a priest and saying like, well, why don't you do this? Uh-huh. Like, uh, think about in the original when he brings in uh, the fake holy water. Uh-huh. Starts splattering Reagan's body with it and she reacts. Yeah. He's like, this wasn't real. Like, he's fucking with, her, with them. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. So, it kind of combines so like, you don't know what to believe in the exorcist underlying believer like are they actually like choose one and obviously like there is a trick in that where it's like well the one that you picked is the one that we actually kill (laughs) ultimately that being revealed to be what the trick was is stupid and sucks (laughs) But, like, while watching it, I was like, I don't know who to believe right now. (laughs) Like, and that was entertaining for, like, that 10 minutes. Right. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) 
it is. But I, I, I just think it's so much less entertaining and interesting than the themes of the original film. And so to entertain us with trifles instead of entertaining us with the, the horrors of life mm-hmm. feels irresponsible. So, and I like, I love Blum. I like love, I like Blumhouse a lot. I like a lot of Blumhouse movies. I'm so excited totally. for five nights at Freddy's. Um, looks good. I love Mithrigan. I, uh, I think they do a certain kind of horror really well. I think they're kind of like, are they maybe like a spiritual successor to dark castle? Um, Is this sort of like giving us, you know, the, the, the meta 2023 version of uh, like, like fun schlock horror. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's not what an exorcist sequel should have been. Never was. No, I think that exorcist is a much more, um, delicate franchise than Halloween. Can can you uh can you pitch me what your 50 years later exorcist movie movie would have been? Yes I can. Or as long as you're willing to take it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to greenlight it if you tell it to me. Yeah. Okay. So we have a man that's living not on the top of a mountain, but like in the middle of the mountain. Small house. Uh, not too many neighbors. Uh-huh. He's gay. Hmm. I like it already. And uh, it's just, it's too much. It's too much for him to like just live in isolation. Sure. He needs to reach out. Okay. He's gay by the way. <laughs> uh-huh. And so he uh, jumps onto his bike. Sure. That he has outside. Yeah. And drives it down like this winding street. This sounds picturesque. Uh, the winding street is like mm, two and a half, three miles. Like not too long, but long enough. Okay. He gets to the bottom of it. He's gay, by the way. Oh. Speaking of bottoms. <laughs> he gets to the bottom. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm choking up because I'm already thinking about where it's ending. <laughs> he gets to the bottom of the street. And there in front of him is a McDonald's. 24 hours it's open at all times the thing i like about this so far is it actually Uh kind of is honoring the original exorcist that like you think the twist is going to be the exorcism but it's not you think the twist is going to be exorcism but it's not you know what's that behind you by the way (laughs) i don't know what are you looking at he goes in the mcdonald's and they go uh the devil has possessed all of our beef patties And he goes, "Uh huh." <laughs> and they go, "Can you help us?" And he says, "I." Uh, what does he say? No, what does he say? Ah, uh, I. Uh, 
<laughs> I think he says, I don't think I'm in a very good Exorcist sequel right now. <laughs> Credits. Directed by William Freakin. Um, I don't think you're truly playing my game very well. No, I didn't want to. <laughs> I can tell. Um, but I, 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 your teeth look amazing. Thank you. It's a little. Have lighting. you been doing something? <laughs> no, it's uh, maybe I have turned my appearance Jesus. into beauty. Checked. I'm not sure. I didn't notice this until right now. Your teeth are like perfect. Thank you. Wow. Um. I think there. I I think there is. I think there are many, probably many ways to do an interesting follow-up to The Exorcist. I mean, it's the first hour of this movie and then don't do the second hour. I disagree with you. The first hour of this film was also irresponsible and bad. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> Two girls getting lost in the woods. It's kind of like more okay, like a missing... Do you think missing... it was like... Do you, uh, 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 having like a Haiti earthquake origin story and like not really acknowledging sort of why I think is a little irresponsible. Sure. But it's like, it's, it's more individualistic to the movie. Like once they start getting into like Ellen Bernstein being in this movie is like, get the fuck out of here. You don't need that. Just have two kids get lost in the woods. And the devil's just like, I like them and grabs onto them. No, I would have been offended at that point if they like, because I think a, a sequel, like, a, now that possession movies are a genre, I think a sequel to The Exorcist has to be a sequel to The Exorcist and not just another possession movie. You remember, like, when it was, like, A Haunting in Connecticut 2, like, Bama Beach or whatever? <laughs> like, that was. Sorry, like, I was just thinking about that. Have we lost you? No, it's okay. I was just thinking about the bit that we just did a second, that I did a second ago. <laughs> That there's a McDonald's at the bottom of the road. I think that was like a great button. And I saw your face when I said that. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's the dumbest shit in the world. I would be. Have you ever gone to that McDonald's? Once. What'd you get? Like I tried to get an egg and cheese, but that's not on their like natural menu. So you have to like modify <laughs> something to get it. <laughs> I love you, Scotty. <laughs> uh, keep going. I'm so sorry. I'm so I sorry. I think we might be done. <laughs> no, I. No. <laughs> no, please, please continue. Uh, I don't. I don't think that I would be happy with an Exorcist movie that didn't tie into the first one in some way and called itself an Exorcist movie. I mean, that's kind of like the the bit, right? Right. Like if if it doesn't if it doesn't call back to one of the characters, like even if it's just like Pazuzu possessing somebody else, I would still be like, uh, is this really a sequel? This is just another possession movie. Um, Do we even know if Pazuzu is the one possessing them? In the Exorcist underlying believer, we don't. Yes, we don't. We don't. We never see his little face. 
Can I? I need to tell you one more story about the first exorcist. Can I? Oh, of course. Do you know the story about the the person who voiced Pazuzu? Oh my god, no. <laughs> um, William Freakin was like, okay, I, I wanted to have, like. I was going to have a man do it, but then that seemed boring. And so what I wanted to find was some sort of androgynous voice. And so he thought of this old movie star named Mercedes McCambridge, um, Mm -hmm. who I know as the sister Luz in the movie Giant. Um, But she was in... Uh, she was in all sorts of movies and she has this like husky, amazing voice. And uh, he asked her to do it and she was like uh, a recovering alcoholic at the time she was in AA and she'd had like many sober years and she was like, and she read it and she like watched it. I think maybe she watched Linda Blair's take and she was like, okay, if I am going to do this, that I'm going to need you to tie me to a chair. I'm going to need you to give me alcohol and I'm going to need like my, like my sponsor and my priest on either side of me. And I'm going to do takes I'm going to get real drunk and I'm going to do this for you. And then I'm going to like check in with my people. And that's how she recorded it. Uh, That sounds like somebody that's not good at their job. (laughs) I'm look, I, 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 uh, William Friedkin strikes me as maybe the kind of person who would exaggerate a story like this, but I want to believe it. And Again, like we talked about like the exaggeration of stories. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh where it's like uh the priest friend was like slap and slapped him in the face, like to get him to like get that last shot. That's what they said in mine too, man. <laughs> uh it's like it's a legendary movie. Uh t- <clears throat> Do you feel like he shouldn't have slapped that guy to get that take out of him? Fuck no. That fucking take is amazing. Do you feel like he shouldn't have yanked Chris back so much? Honestly, I think that he should have killed everybody on okay. set. Look, yeah. you don't play games. And it's I don't. Hard to have a conversation I don't fuck around, man. I'm allowed to say what I think should happen on a film set from 1973. <laughs> I think that William freaking should have shot everybody that was on that crew and killed them all and then released the movie. That's what I think. It's just me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Twenty twenty. Cool. cool. <laughs> uh, so, mm-hmm. so, y- would you would you watch Deceiver? Oh, would you of watch course. The Exorcist? Under can't wait Deceiver? for the next one. Can't wait. Okay. Okay. What do you? What? No. I think that. Um, the Exorcist Underline Believer is a a bad movie made with good intentions, but not the right gumption, as uh, my grandpa used to say. I don't. Know you know about gumption, like, Scott? Of course, of course, Scott. Uh, I don't know about that, man. I don't know if this is made with good intentions. I mean, I think it was like Ellen Bernstein's in there, right? You really want to call her Bernstein, but yes, she is. It's, it's Ellen Bernstein is in there. Fuck. She's <laughs> got a weird last name. She should change it. You should tell her that. Um, I, I will. 
She's in. She's in Great there, and, and she's, now she's, look, she's on in there. Twitter. She's on X. Find Ellen. Um, <laughs> oh, you can't find Ellen Bernstein. <laughs> oh, there she is. Uh, uh four she, posts. Ellen Bernstein gets uh, sidelined in a way. Sidelined halfway through. Okay. okay. Hey, 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 hey! Come back to me. Come back to That's me. That's got to be her. Oh, oh sorry. Body sorry. of the blood. The body of the blood. The body of the blood. The body I mean, of the blood. That scene is awesome in the movie. That, that scene is an awesome Blumhouse scene, but it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, right. D- like, and and it doesn't like. There are things in the original movie that, like, you know, things swipe us from the side, right? Like, not everything is like so linear, and sometimes it's like shocking and interesting. But I need to like know more about why she's repeating the body and the blood. I don't know. <laughs> The movie is too grounded for its own good. Like, just explode if you don't want to be like the original. Just like, uh, yeah, if you ever like rise up and, and be like, explode heads. It doesn't seem like it was interested in exploring anything that happened in the original. And I think a sequel, like, like, the new Candyman like was exploring something about that original movie. Oh. The new, <laughs> the Nia DaCosta directed yeah. Candyman. Yeah. yeah. Which like, I love. The, Blair Witch 2016 was exploring something that happened in the Blair Witch project. Um, Directed by Adam Wingarden, <laughs> written by Simon Barrett. Yeah. A yeah, movie that, that I absolutely love. Me too. Yes. Um, uh, this movie didn't seem interested in exploring more deeply anything that happened in the first movie. It seemed interested in being like, in like changing some things about the first movie, but it didn't seem like interested in like deepening or going in a direction. It wanted to be an exorcist legacy sequel, not. Isn't that what it wants to be? (laughs) I mean, that's what it wants to be, but that's not what it should be. It should be continuing what was happening. You know what I mean? Like the, it wanted to be what it was. And it kind of was that. It kind of was what it was. And it wanted to be what it was. And it was what it wanted to be. It was missing the heart inside of that, like that kind of connects that stuff all together. Again, like I maintain like the first 45 minutes of this movie, I think are. I think is amazing for an exorcist legacy sequel. The first time that we that, got like a like horror movie music cue, it was dead for me. It was like, you don't understand what made the first one great. You're like playing by. They shouldn't like, never use that goddamn song. Don't do it. <laughs> oh, but they have no, to. Tubular they bells. To. I'm actually fine with them using tubular bells. Uh, I just mean the first, like the first time we get like a, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm like, you know okay, that uh, tubular cheap. bells is not in the director's cut that I watched on VHS. I did not clock that, That's dude. Funny. They just fucking took it out. Yeah. Car just pulls up. Guy gets out. Car pulls away. It's a beautiful shot. And that's it. It's silent. Well, and that's like that's the that's the the fullness of that movie, right? Like like taking taking the Exorcist to the full extent is to like yeah, cut the iconic song, cut everything, and they 
like the first 45 minutes of this movie, I understand what you're saying. And plot wise, sure. There's some interesting stuff. Like, like I do appreciate the, like the, the turn toward, uh, we need to find our kids feels like, uh, a really nice nod to the turn to, we need to explore these doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know they have like a, a sort of abbreviated beat of that as well, but it feels like, if you're sort of looking at these two movies together, then 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 the sort of like the red herring beat or the the sort of like left turn in like the second half or the the second quarter of this film is like uh, now it's going to be about finding our kids, and and that's great. And and the moment that I really loved was the moment where Leslie Adam Jr. wakes his daughter up. She's wet the bed. And she goes into the bathroom and he knows that as a single yes. dad, he like cannot comfort her in that moment and has to just like let the yes. door close. And I think that's like such a beautiful answer to, um, to, to Chris bathing her 12 year old daughter with a sponge when she's in the bathtub. And it's like, yes. okay, this is, that is like, the one the good successful stuff. moment yeah. in this film for me is like, you're responding to something you're, recontextualizing it you're talking about how it's different now or with like it since time has passed or with a different person or whatever um and there's resonance there everything else in the movie can go to hell go to hell go to hell well i guess it will scary (laughs) i think that's enough i think that's enough i think that's enough thank you scotty so much thank you mike always a pleasure Uh, Thank you guys all for listening. Uh, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And uh, smash those likes. To, yeah, smash them. StorageScreenPresents.com is where we've got loads of other podcasts, reviews, and stuff like that. And uh, Scotty, where can people find you? You got any like uh, social media plugs? Uh, I am uh, uh, scottyarnold.com is my website and uh, jscottyca on social media Uh, come check me out I have a horror movie uh, calendar going this month heck uh, yeah and I'm having a lot of fun with it it's good stuff All right, uh, Scotty thank you thank you and everybody else stay spooky lick me (laughs) 